this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. listeners, this is Amy Polly, the podcast producer at Learning Teams Inc. Brent Sutton, the host of the podcast series is away at the moment, on a tour of Australia with Brent Robinson, so I have taken over hosting duties for the 73rd episode of the Practice of Learning Teams podcast show. On today's show, we conclude the conversation with Diane Chadwick-Jones, who is both a seasoned professional, claims to have retired, and is a deep thinker in the new view of safety, and in particular, how to help leaders to better understand and be curious about the new view. Diane and Brent Sutton have a conversation about co-constructing better outcomes with leaders. So please sit back and enjoy this episode of The Pod. And thank you for being part of the new view journey with learning teams. We've conditioned our workforce and our leaders to 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 be these um, decisive and authoritative um, leaders, and and to not necessarily be reflective or vulnerable um, or, or questioning because in the previous era, era that was not seen as, as strength, that leaders were needed to show um, edge. I mean, so to be quite harsh, let's put it, let me put it in a better way. And now, we're we're understanding that um, unless we build the skills of, of leaders to be more reflective and to be more listening and to be more questioning and to admit that they don't know all the answers, we 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 have to then build the skills in, in leaders to do that because otherwise you know, we cannot change out thousands and thousands and thousands of people who've been conditioned for the past 20 years. No. And the scary thing is, and I think COVID has been really interesting from my perspective, because in politics, um, when leaders make poor choices, their pundits are saying they're flip-floppers. So when these leaders are listening and, and the decision-making they're making doesn't turn out to be the right decision-making, the opposition then say, well, they flip-flop, they keep changing. Mm. But this is interesting because for me, COVID is a, is a real reflection of dynamic risk. I mean, moving away from politics sure. and thinking about how we help our leaders in, in terms of asking questions and seeking advice and not feeling that they have the weight of the world on their shoulders. Um, there is actually quite a very nice little safety moment from the Energy Institute toolbox called Safety Leadership in the Field on how to ask open questions, how to do active listening, um, and how to seek views from the team before, without appearing um, to be weak. So I think there's, that 
just putting COVID and um, politics to one side, it's, it's our role um, to hold the hands of the leaders that we interact with so that they can build those skills because because there's because when we challenge the status quo we and this big transformation that we're talking about about understanding um that our that the way that the work is set up is certainly not perfect and that there's changes all the time um that you know that's quite a a big thing for people to get their heads around i think the analogy to covid and leaders being blame for flip-flopping is a is a very helpful one because it it shows um how difficult it is in the modern world to make decisions on the information that you've got available which keeps on changing all the time Mm -hmm. so 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 that could mean that the way that leaders in industry lead um it by talking about covid as an example and saying that getting the right answers is very difficult which is why you need to pull up upon the all the resources of your team and and not be blamed for making the best decisions that with the information available i think that might help us it might help us yeah. in in terms of of um giving that comparison to senior leaders and saying well and and here is here are the kind of skills that that you can build because um i I think and what we're seeing now with these you know the next wave is that we're trying to learn from other countries so we can better prepare ourselves and that's a that's a learning model in, in effect and and I, I do agree. I mean, we, we should be supporting leaders um, because uh, it's no different to workers. <laughs> our, our system is supposed to be introducing certainty, not uncertainty. And mm-hmm. when we implement change, we're creating uncertainty. Because we're creating the uncertainty of the, of the unknown at that point because we don't know what the outcome's going to be. So um, what I find fascinating is by getting leaders, for instance, to, so for instance, we might run a learning team and uh, we'll we'll have have the the stakeholders present, uh, no leadership, but stakeholders present for doing the problem identification, problem clarity mode. Then we'll bring the senior leaders in and the learning team will then present to them um, what they've discussed so far. And then the leaders can sit in and see what problem solution mode looks like. And that that appears to be quite powerful. Because they've been given the space to see for themselves mm-hmm. the reality of what's going on. And 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 that's a privilege because they don't tend, they don't have usually the time or the process to be able to do that. But from what I've noticed, most people, most leaders actually love that because they really 
do want to do the best thing for their organization or their site. Most leaders used to be a member of the front line in some sort of capacity, and they really do care about what happens to the people on their site. So I'm so th these opportunities for them to hear about all the different the realities of everyday work and and what could be um, what, what, the, what risks there are, the, the difficult to see risks that there are and how those risks could be managed. It must be, I've, well, what I've noticed, I mean, we've got um, working with a site that um, had quite a, a high, dealing with very volatile compounds and doing a series of uh, safety critical task analysis on moving of the um, chemicals between different vessels. And these were all pre-approved by the, the safety, the resource for the safety critical task analysis was approved by the site leadership. And then each one was presented back and explained and that you know, we need to paint this, these labels, these things differently. We need to change this process. And there was the full support of the senior leadership and they were, very pleased to hear about the difficulties that the workforce were encountering and and what needed to be changed and all of the and they had already allocated budget to make those changes so it was a so instead of wanting to disregard risk it's all about making the risk more visible and then doing something about it and I, and because otherwise they people lie awake at night and wonder what it is that's going to get us yeah well, we call it keeping risk real keeping risk oh, alive keeping risk alive yeah yeah because because it, it it has to be present i mean risk has to be present um and and sometimes we don't and i don't i don't think we can ever understand um what it is that allows our people to continue to adapt and change because that's going that's going to vary because it, it has to vary over time um, because because things will continue to evolve and, and, and change and and as you've seen um, not not only is the risk dynamic but also the team is dynamic the environment is dynamic the pressures of contracting relationships are dynamic there's lots of things that are dynamic if we go back to you know what Eric Honagel talks about, that the fact is we are more successful than unsuccessful. And if we want to understand about why we're more successful, then we need to find a way and means of, of doing that. And, and I think you know out, out the mission we're on at the moment is how do we do that? So not only can the organization learn, but also how can workers learn and how can workers build those critical thinking skills and those appraisal skills that will then help them being able to um, become sort of gain more knowledge and, and more insight. And, and I'll avoid the word foreseeability. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, more insight. And, yeah. And so I'm, I see this and I see this happening in companies 
where where we keep on needing to to work is to understand that this is not a huge change but the but the organizational understanding of this is re is relatively um is, is relatively early days i think mm -hmm. and we show the examples of the aviation industry the nuclear industry what's going going on in the oil and gas industry the advances that are being made in the pharmaceutical industry that they we're seeing this but people feel still very uncomfortable because it just doesn't feel um tangible to them that 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 this this idea of dynamic risk is um it it, 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 well, hang on. Well, so, so we haven't set up our systems and processes properly then, and we haven't done our risk assessment pro properly. It's, it, it's a, it's quite a, um, a disturbing thought mm -hmm. to people. Yes. And and that I think is where, where, uh, where you and I and others are constantly trying to explain that, so that we so that we enable the ability to do dynamic risk assessment in across many organizations and it needs to continue to be uh, i mean it's always going to be a challenge because it's continued to evolve but it's it's not because we're smarter than any other people it's just that we we sort of i mean my view as i look at it from the point of view of of taking that learning model and saying, you know, my job is to help people to better understand, not to fix. Because um, risk management isn't based on perfection. Uh, the same argument, the notion of continuous improvement is, is exactly that. How does the system learn? So we want our people to be resilient. We want our leadership to be resilient. We want our systems to be resilient. Well, that requires an opportunity to learn. And, and many organizations struggle to find the space to learn. It's interesting they find the space when they're learning from failure. I don't think it's that actually hard to find the space to learn from success. Because you, you, you talked about, you know, uh, you know pre-starts toolboxes. Um, it's easy for us to tweak or adapt a toolbox to turn it into a learning opportunity. Yes, definitely. we just have to have a reflective component to 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 close the circle to 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 make it you know more of a learning type process. Um, and and what I've seen from the work that we've been doing with organisations, um, they can now see how that pre-risk component and that post-risk component of everyday work can be used as a value proposition with their workforce, rather than being a compliance issue. Definitely. And I've seen this actually, and I'll, I'll name BP in this point in the post work um, assessment process. It's called self verification of, of how, how the work was carried out, but it's actually written from a human factors perspective of um, you know, how difficult was the procedure to use, for example. Um, and it's a, not a long list of questions, but questions that are looking at the underlying influences around um, how how 
the work was carried out and how easy was the work to be carried out. And so we, and people see that as a way of, then there's a feedback loop to be able to make changes. And, and so then people feel that they have, both in the pre-work um, assessment process and the, and the post-work assessment process, all done at the work site, not in an office somewhere, um, that people that, that people actually have an input into how how we learn from what actually just happened. So I I, I see where where you're where you're coming from there, and I know that a lot of these processes are embedded, but in some companies they're embedded as tick boxes um, and seen as a as a, a bureaucratic uh, exercise rather than really about the quality of the work and, it, and in BP it's, it's seen about the quality the work quality the quality of toolbox work, the qualities of these post work reviews called self-verification and, and workers know best because if, if workers don't see value in it they won't engage if they see value in it, they'll want to engage because because um, I, I look at it from the point of view that um, once the workers gain a sense of ownership, then they take it and they morph it and, and they use it more to help them cope with the uncertainty that the organisation has transferred to them. And the, the the ability then to surface that risk and to have a conversation about that risk and how that risk can be managed is the the way then to 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 fill that uncertainty space. Mm -hmm. it, Correct. It, Absolutely. It, because the, the system the system has created the uncertainty because <laughs> that's what's left over that's residual risk and then magically our people are going to fill the, the last little bits in and for the most part they do it really really well so well yes yeah. I mean that the adaptive capacity of people is amazing I, none of the work would ever get done without that last piece of the plan being completed by the people on the day. Exactly, because because they're, they're the ones, I mean, you know, they are the ones that allow us to achieve what, what we need to achieve. And, and I go back to it, um, you know, we need to respect workers as being the experts and the work that they do. They, they see it for what it is. And all I know is that if we provide them a framework to gain a voice, it can become very powerful. Well, it's it's beyond powerful. It's actually essential yeah. because otherwise we continue in this illusion that um, that the work has been set up in the in, in a perfect and prescriptive scriptive way 
and that when it goes wrong, the only variable component is people. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a broken concept. And so that's why these processes are absolutely vital to um, these, the, the existence of these processes is absolutely, absolutely vital. But I mean, but when you when you look at organisations, how many organisations actually have these processes? Because I I know a number of organisations that do, um, and that it's working out well for them. But I also know a number of organisations that 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 think that this doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, look, I mean. Uh, because that, that leads us to the next thing, which hopefully we might do as another podcast, which is about the embedding component of it. Because what, what, what I typically look for is I normally look for something in the organization that they think they're doing very well at the moment and, and to use a learning team to understand what is the value or non-value components of what they think that is. And then if we can align um, the new view approach to that, that makes it much easier for leaders to actually see it as a transition rather than as a transformation. So, I mean, I, I, I said all the time that, you know, quality is a really good example, that there are some inherent elements of, of quality that we can um, pick up and say, you know, why is it effective? Um, uh, you know, a good example uh, would be like, you know, uh, uh, f- food safety, which is heavily based around around compliance. It doesn't appear to be the same uh, uh, issues with people wanting to recognise the need to keep consumers safe. And there appears to be less blame when things don't go as as planned as a result. So... Part of the opportunity that we, that we find is we need to understand what what has been successful for them in the past. How do we take that component and how do we lay it over? And and in many cases we're having to bridge things. We're doing a project at the moment where the organisation wants to move away from doing formal investigations, and just the word investigation seems quite ugly. So we're yeah. calling them adverse events, which is you know what what they are. And we're trying to turn them more on, more onto learning opportunities. And the role of safety is to help facilitate with leadership those learnings, rather than running an investigation model. But there's been a large investment they've made over time in training people in these models. So we're looking at how we can bridge that, because it's very scary to take someone and move them from following a process into facilitating an outcome. Yes, because we have trained safety professionals on a compliance model or to look at a standard and then to check against the the standard rather than where we are at the moment where we're facilitating learning conversations so it's quite a big jump for the safety profession to and i would say you know the the 
the stereotype would be, you know, that we were the policemen in the past mm-hmm. and now we are the, the coaches and coaches and enablers. That's it, it, an enormous change from a, a compliance or conformance view to a, instead a learning, uh, enabling a learning view. And, and, and I do see a generation of people coming up who are more in that mold they yes they may some of them have engineering backgrounds but but many of them have ergonomics backgrounds or human factors or psychology backgrounds and and it it it, it feels like there's a changing of the guard to me yeah look i i think like everything i, I i'm always hopeful that uh, all of us have that ability to um, to learn and improve, regardless of what our background is. I've very been very fortunate. I, I teach um, uh, some specific risks around machinery safety, and I'm I'm always dealing with a bunch of crusty engineers whose view of the world is that workers break their machines. Yeah. Uh, at the end of that two days, because of the process that I take them through using a we don't call it a learning team, but it's based on a learning team. They begin to realize that um, it, it doesn't take much for them to talk to people to understand about how people have to work with that machinery and how different people look at that machine in different ways. And it's actually empowering for the engineer because the engineer said, well, now I know that when I'm looking to do things, I'm actually able to do things to help people to be successful. So they came, they came from what we call a deficit model, that, yeah. that, that they saw the worker as a deficit. Now they're actually seeing the worker as, as someone that can help them to better understand. Yeah, and you're, you're not manipulating them. What you're actually doing is you're walking them through an experience this is experiential learning that you're doing so we're not we're not interested in taking our existing leaders who've who've been in place for for 20 or 30 years and trying to manipulate them or change them or or learn them you know what we're wanting them to, to wanting to do is 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 take them through a learning experience where they they see the world a little bit more broadly that's all and the reason why they saw the world narrowly before was because they we hadn't shown them the the bigger picture that's all yeah that, that's it um because because i think people are curious by nature but we all have constraints you know leaders are time poor by nature because they're always dealing with lots of things that are happening um but their ability to be, to be curious is, is, is no different to any other person's ability to be curious. And, and, and the language that we use, Diane, is we, we help people sort of what we call co-construct. So we, we walk alongside them. Uh, and, and that helps them. And But like everything else, we make sure that, that they go through their own reflective practice to see how far they've come. Oh, that's wonderful. And it's, a, it's as if you're opening a series of doors for them and walking side by side with them so that they can see 
um, the the what what people are dealing with when they're working with their piece pieces of equipment, yeah. and, it, and it's almost as if um, they're seeing things in much more detail than they had before. That's all, and you know, it's very very interesting. And because if we were to blame those engineers for thinking that people were the problem then it's actually just a reflection upon us yes and and how we are um interacting with those engineers yeah, and, well, that, and that's what the, and that's the interesting thing about this age of safety that we're in this particular age of safety is that the so the safety professionals are more re about revealing the issues and revealing the the complexities and the risk rather than just measuring to standards thank you listeners for being part of this podcast we would love to hear your learnings or other topics you would like us to explore about learning teams. Go to www.podcastlearnings.com and give us your feedback. Become part of the community of practice with learning teams. Go to www.learningteamscommunity.com. Support the authors of the practice of learning teams. Purchase the book from Amazon.com or go to www.learningteamsbook.com for an inside look and other free book resources from the authors. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system or transmitted in any any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.